Hey everybody, welcome to another Real Debaters production. I'm your host, Michael Petro, in the living room this week, the virtual living room that is now Zoom. Uh, we have our part two of the Soundtrack Your Life debate. Uh, last week was part one. If you're tuning in for the first time, I strongly suggest listening to it for some context. Uh, Sean McGinnity from the Sean Geek Podcast and myself went first. Uh, this week, it's Martin Navarro from the show and special musical guest Rusty Mattias. Uh, Rusty's from the, the so maybe you've heard of some of these bands, uh, The Waking Eyes, um, Imaginary Cities, uh, The Sheepdogs unbelievably fucking talented musician and solid human being and fun guy and loves to talk movies. He came on the show to not only um, debate with us, which it's not really a debate. It's just a really great conversation. It was really hard to be like, your moment sucks. Uh, but I'll get into why that makes sense in a second. But it was it was great to have him on, not only for to play the game and have some fun, but also um, from a musical perspective, it was fun to get some knowledge on why these choices work and then just in composing and arranging stuff. Plethora of knowledge that human being is. So I strongly suggest uh, to check out uh, Rusty's bio portion of this episode. It's got all of his links to all of the stuff he's done. He's also the guy that made a YouTube video. He did Bohemian Rhapsody in Klingon. He's that guy. If you've heard about that video, he's the guy that made that video. And he talks about how he made it on this episode. So that's something that's a fucking gem. If we're not, he is. Okay, there you have it. Uh, so for anybody who's tuning in, though, um, and you don't want to listen to me and do the other episode, which is, which is fine, uh, this whole debate conversation is about taking four moments from your life pairing them with a song and defending why if your life was a movie, why that song would be in that moment. Right. Cause soundtracks are sound is, you know, I don't want to doubt uh, to simplify it, but it's the second most pivotal thing next to this fucking story. Right. So, um, music scores, instrumentals, all those things say stuff. And we got a super fucking huge eclectic, um, list of uh, songs which we made a playlist out of that's the point i'm trying to make there's a spotify playlist after this episode is up all of our songs are on the playlist so you can listen to it i think i missed one um so yeah but we'll post it in the show notes anyways that's what the show is all about martin navarro rusty mattias following part two from part one of the soundtrack your life debate uh shout out to everybody in san jose we love you guys thanks for giving us all this love you're outside of canada you're the little pocket of the world that has got our attention right now. So send us an email, tell us what you love, tell us what you don't love. Give us an idea for a show. We'll dedicate it to you. Uh, the real debaters R E E L for the spelling at gmail.com. Um, I did a little thing a couple of weeks ago with Kevin Smith. It's on our Instagram page. I was very lucky to sit down with the man, the myth, the silent Bob, um, the fantastic human, great filmmakers, stupid, funny storyteller. Uh, I got to sit down on be. I got to work with Skip the Dishes and do a Q&A with him for Movies Pop-Up in Toronto until December 9th, by the way. So just head to the Skip the Dishes app to get your movies on. Um, nobody's paying me to say that because it was it was just super fun fucking time. And I lo- who doesn't love the guy? So I want to help promote that shit, right? Anyways, that's on our Instagram page under our highlights. Just go to the Movies Q&A. You can see me itch my cheeks for absolutely no fucking reason. I don't know where I got that twitch from. And uh, talk to talk to Kevin about all things Kevin Smith. Uh, TheRealDebaters.ca, that's the website. There's a b- fresh new blog post up there from me. Uh, we're going to be blogging more and pulling off the social media, so all our fun stuff's going to be there for you guys. Uh, go check it out, TheRealDebaters.ca. That's our merch stand, cast bios, blog, all things us. It's an easy one-stop shop, so to speak. I got nothing else for you, so I'll cue the real. 
and you enjoy the show. say you have a bag of yeah and I, I don't <laughs> mind I really love that <laughs> it's bringing it to the theater that's the problem i don't mind yeah. bringing you know you know eating cheese i love mcdonald's i'll, I'll say that I, I eat mcdonald's and and i don't mind eating it but just bring it to the theater and it's just such it's such a, a familiar cool. smell that mm-hmm. people will know someone bought fucking mcdonald's in the theater who is it and they're all looking <laughs> yeah that, that is bold that's confidence i like it it's it's impressive for sure. <laughs> watch a movie with michael then you'll change your tune yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't like going to movie theaters and this makes me want to go to the movie theater it just makes me feel <laughs> makes me view it as more of a challenge to succeed at oh than, i'll i'll than, show you then a, a a system of of things I have to fit into, which is like have to sit and not move for two and a half hours, pay a thousand dollars for a snack. <laughs> it's, it's a bunch of things that piss me off. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I hate that. Go go on Tuesday nights when it's the cheapest. Go to McDonald's for your snacks. Probably all in double twenty jacket. double jacket, obviously to keep them warm, and then just buy a drink or bring your own. Like just this br- sounds like a fun challenge now. I can't wait till movie theaters open. <laughs> Rusty, I'll take you. I'll take you, and we'll 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 record the whole thing. We'll record it like yes. we're trying. We'll, yeah, it's we'll, a date. We'll record there it goes like that we're... sponsorship from Grand Park Cinemas. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll see what I can do. I got a jingle in the back of my mind. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's kick back into it here. So we finished with Sean McGinnity's powerful list. I loved your list, Sean. I love I love my list. Thank I love you. your list. I your I, list was great. Your thank you, sir. Great. Um. As we were talking, it was so funny that when we were when we were starting the chat group for this, we put Rusty into it. Me and Martin were going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then Rusty's like, such a pleasant level of democracy in this chat group. And I, was like, I was like, thank you. Somebody noticed. Like, this is this is a team effort. So I was like, I'm not going to be like, Martin, fucking no. That's just, you, you, you bang it out until it makes sense. So um, welcome back, Martin. Please I don't love my sex tape. Sorry. I have to say it. No one else was saying it. I was like, I waited. I was like, someone's got, I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So I'm like, someone's got to say it. I'm going to say it. Fuck it. Well done, sir. Well done. Uh, so Martin, please tell us what's your four moments. What's your four songs? How are you soundtracking your life? Okay. So the songs I have are in order. Um, and the first one is Tupac to live and die in LA. And you're probably wondering, what does this have to do with Martin? I grew up in California. Um, I grew up, uh, I lived there from 80, I think 80, we moved there from the Philippines in 84. I was like two, three years old and lived there up until the age of 13 or 14, 94, 95, we moved to Winnipeg. So, and I mean, I just love this song because it, it basically encapsulate, encapsulates everything about living in California. And especially with, with rap music being such a hit during this time period. Like this was one of the songs that I listened to as a kid. And for my movie, I picture this playing at the very beginning. Uh, my parents did a lot of home videos. Like they had, you know, those old school JVC video cameras with the VHS things. Like they had that, mm-hmm. they had every camcorder. So everything was recorded. And I pictured the, my, the intro <laughs> to my movie would, would be those videos spliced in with this song playing. Nice. So it'll be, it'll be like, you know, 
picture of me in, in a big wheel, like riding around like in downtown LA <laughs> outside of my apartment <laughs> and stuff like that, right? <laughs> Like that would be one of the videos. The videos, but the like, police you know, motorcycle, like yeah. helping <laughs> right you along, like keeping LA, all yeah. your fans at LA bay. LAPD car. Okay, you know. <laughs> but that it would be like that home video, right, of me doing that. Because there's a home video of me riding a big wheel. So nice. that would be one of them. Um, you know, we had a lot of because the weather was so nice in California. We always had outside parties, like barbecues in our backyards, and like especially with my family, like it was basically um, my parents and then um, my mom's brother and sis sister and their college friends and then their kids was basically our social circle so we would have parties like on the weekends and you know dads would be in the garages and this was like in the 80s right so dads in the garages with their like fucking long metal hair smoking their cigarettes drinking their millers throwing darts and then you'd have like it's it was also a filipino party so there'd definitely be under like illegal gambling in the garage as well so there'd be like a mahjong table set up with, with like all like like the grandpas and the grandmas and the moms playing mahjong and betting money for it and stuff like that. Got dads playing cards. Um, I like I like to think that there would be like a picture of me playing baseball um, from when I played in LA. Um, things like that. That would be the intro. I think that is just a fun little. Um, that's the reason why I picked that song. It's a good intro. It it, it describes LA growing up in LA and that time. Um, and with all those videos, I think that would be a cool way to to start my movie. Um, it does encapsulate thing. the 90s California. I watched the video just before we started yeah. this. Totally, totally just sounds like 90s California to me. Yeah. It's great. It was a great Like track. riding bikes with your friends and stuff like that. And you the video know? too, yeah. The video is is kind of like what you described with a huge budget. And him and all this. <laughs> it, it really but is. Yeah, it's a great choice. I uh, Machiavelli. It's off the Machiavelli album, which is like the one of the most controversial Tupac albums, because that was where everybody's like, "He's still alive, right?" Like he's releasing shit after his death. Machiavelli. No, no, this was before. This was before. To live and die in LA. He's still alive in Machiavelli. Was yeah, he? He's still alive. It was like life after death. I think was Tupac. I think that was his one that came out after he died. But Machiavelli came out in like ninety ninety six. Because isn't Machiavelli? Oh, that's right. It did. It came, but but ninety five, ninety six. No, I swear. Because isn't Mac? Didn't Machiavelli stage his own death? That's why everybody thought. Tupac... No, Machiavelli was just a person like uh, the, he was like a political philosopher who basically like he ruled like you would an army. It was very that a lot of oh, LA, like, a lot of the like the Sopranos, um, <sighs> and like the Italian mob. They would base their rule on Machiavellian politics. Okay, which basically cutthroat. Like you, you. You're always looking behind your back because you never know who's going to stab you to get ahead of you. That was like that was like what Machiavelli was. He was like a, a, a political philosopher. All right, all right. I am I am ill informed. That is, thank you, sir. Uh, so we have. I, I that was that was that was uh, eight years of a political science degree right there. That was, <laughs> I was, was, was going to say you went to school it. for this. Obviously, that was a textbook <laughs> answer, Martin. That was, that was well done. All right, what's your second one, buddy? Um, second one would be. Um, I just love this song. It's. Uh, Come on, Eileen by Dexy's Midnight Runners. <laughs> I just, this is like, like Mike mentioned, we used to work together. Um, that's how we met each other. And that was the same thing for me. I had a similar time in my life where it was, I had, that was the most fun I've had, I think, ever is my 20s, all the way up to my, like my very early 30s. And um, basically what we did was just, we would bartend and then when the shift's done, we'd head over and then party all night. Um, either at like one of the local, like either at a live nightclub at the time, shout out to a live clubs in the city, like Whiskey Ditch or something like that. And then we go party until like, you know, at, at a house party afterwards at 4 a.m. And um, I think one thing that I would like for this one, um, sorry, I wanted to go back when I did the Tupac 
dynamite. There was actually a video of my parents telling me, a home video telling me, like, do you want to move to Canada? And me, like, crying and saying no. <laughs> that's, that's, I think, that's where I think that Tupac song would end. And then, the you know, the actual movie would start. And then it would, my movie would start, you know, I think the movie for me would start when I started working at Don Pedro. So me waking up, going to the going to work as a bartender, um, partying. And I, I, I wanted to do this shot. Um, the way I wanted to shoot this scene was it would be like end of shift, we're cashing out. And then it would be like a like a GoPro attached to my head, so it'd be filmed in the first person. So me just going out, shot, shot. <laughs> like we do some MDMA, do a line of cocaine. Like that's what that's what basically my life was at that time. It was just a party time, and not like no responsibilities. I was still living with my parents, whatever, just having the time of my life. That's I think that I think that would be a fun kind of way to film that portion of my life. And I I love this song because I don't. It, it's a song that doesn't get used a lot in soundtracks. For some reason, I think I've only heard it in one movie, A Perks of Being a Wallflower, but I've never heard this song and I love this song. Just, it just, it lyrically has nothing to do with my life, but I think it's just a fun song that you can listen to while this scene is happening in my movie, you know? Almost, it's it's almost too obvious of a cliche choice. Not, I'm not saying for you, I'm saying that's why we maybe haven't seen it in so many mm. movies, because it does just sound like joy. It yeah. just sounds like musical theater joy to me. And I've never actually totally loved it, but it does sound like joy. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a good choice for that reason. Yeah. Sean, what about you? Oh, I have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like the, the Tupac beginning. Uh, I, I see, as soon as I see that, I can imagine this is a, this is a comedy. This is, a, this is a kid who's enjoying his growing up in LA. It's always sunny, blah, 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 blah. And then the final scene of, not the final scene, but the final part of that scene where you're, we're moving to Canada. <laughs> and then you start crying. And I think instantly the next song should be like some Leonard Cohen moopy song to show how happy you were to how depressed you are now that you're going to go to Canada. I think that might work a little bit better. But um I have a problem with come on Eileen. I do. My mom's name is Eileen. Oh <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that song about my mom it just it just makes me cringe inside. So it's just a personal, just a personal thing. I, I can't I just I can't I think I think I'm I with you there. I, I would agree. Perhaps a more depressing song might be the next move. So, I guess, However, just to... I was wanting to say that I want to give you credit for providing me like the shot setup and actually the scene yeah. change and yeah. you're Beautiful. the first one to do that so far i'm actually you're yeah. writing an actual movie yeah. that's yeah. got comedy and a joke and all these so other the common eileen song wouldn't come on right away it would be like so at like, from way the way i shot this in my head was basically when i cried the video and then the next thing is me waking up to an alarm clock and i'm in like my 20s and then i would go to work and it would be kind of like the first part of the movie would be kind of um, like waiting, um, just working at a at a restaurant, you know, not like shooting the shit, um, just funny stuff, and then the party would be after that, and then. Oh, so you're using silence as your soundtrack up until come on. Yeah, it's not like one after the other. It's not like one after the other. There's like time that, it, that that happens between that stuff like that. So I was just yeah, that's what I wanted. I to get you a couple more points there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I uh, I agree. I have Michael. a I I have a love for this song, but it doesn't. It actually comes from a movie. And the reason you like, I like the song in general, but I, I like that it was used in a movie, but not in a sense used as a song in the movie. 
in Zach and Mary make a porno when they're trying to come up with the title for the movie. <laughs> yeah. He's, that. he's I like, about that too. <laughs> he's like, come on her tits. Which come on her face. More cringeworthy for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, come on, Eileen. Dude, I met a waitress with the same name as my sister. Can't even. I, I just. She was a nice lady, and I was like, nope, can't do it. You have yeah. the same name as my sister. This is not going to be nice. So, so I'm guessing Kevin Smith couldn't get the rights for the song, but still wanted "Come on, Eileen" to be in the movie somehow. So it was worked perfectly into, and it, that's my favorite scene in that whole movie when they're like, "How do you? What do you?" And then someone, "Come on, Eileen." And they're like, "Yeah, that's the best title for a porno." So, so well done, Martin. Like, yes, it's, it's definitely not used, but it is, it's a, when I was listening to it, I've always thought it was the cure before I really knew it was Dexy. It's very cure. It's very 80s, you know, like it, it, he's, he sounds very Smith. It doesn't, it, it does. It, it's very in that, that 80s experimental yep. flock of seagulls, the cure Smiths, all that, that realm of really fun. Uh, like it's almost organ stop to me. Like it's, it's, it's just silly and, and it does highlight, it would, it would be a great backdrop for what I know we were doing together at the time. Like, like it's, it's, it, it would almost be, we were very, uh, Dr. Gonzo and, uh, Hunter S. Thompson, if you will. <laughs> so that's what I'm imagining me and me and Martin with that song. That would be our version of going into, uh, the circus circus, let's say. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, that's a good way of describing it, like a, a circus. It is a it's circus just a, yeah. feeling it gives you of yeah, that's cool. Like it. Not a calm moment, but like a, a fun moment. Yeah, right? um, a little bit, a little bit crazy. Yeah, lions and um, tigers and bears and oh my, you know. <laughs> <laughs> What's your third one? Uh, third one is uh, Dan Orbar, King of a One Horse Town. Um, I don't know how I discovered this song. I don't know if someone sent it to me, but it was just on my iTunes favorites. I love this song. It really resonates with me because um, it's just about breaking your comfort zone and being afraid to do that. Um, that's what the song's about. And for me, like, like this, this, this song would take place, you know, after, right, like probably sometime after I quit Don Pedro's. Like it just, I was, you know, all I was doing was I wasn't doing anything with my life. I was basically going out every weekend, getting drunk, getting high, um, partying, doing nothing. And, you know, that eventually gets old. And I mean, it, I wasn't living very healthy at the time. And it was, I think I would, I, I, I think there was a point in time where my taste buds started tasting differently. Then I'm like, oh man, this, I, I got to stop doing this. This is not sustainable. And I was just, it was at a time in my life where I was figuring out what to do. And I, I, I think this song for me is a scene where I was at a bar. I can't remember who, I, I think it was a Canadian's bar. And I, I can't remember who I was <laughs> oh with. Oh boy! But like I was, I was thirty. <laughs> That's the worst. And I'm in a Canadian's <laughs> bar, right? And I'm just, I'm thirty, and someone called me to come out. And I went out and I was having a drink, and I was just like, I, I flashed back to the first time I went to a bar, and it was a Canadian's bar, and I was eighteen or seventeen. I can't remember if I snuck in, but anyways, I was young. And then I saw these older guys there who were like in their forties. And I'm just like, I look at them. And I'm like, man, that, that better not be me when I'm. <laughs> and then I just had that moment of realizing like, Dota, if I, if I don't figure out what I'm doing with my life, that's going to be me. And I don't want that. Like that could be cool for some people, but I, I, I think I could achieve more with my life. And I just, I, I had that, that moment of clarity where I'm just like, boom, things have to change. And um, it was at that point where I, you know, I left the bar and I just, I, I started wondering, like this was where the soundtrack would play with me leaving the bar, kind of 
wandering the streets of Winnipeg, wondering what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do? And I just saw like a sign for open my comedy. I'm like, I've always been funny. I don't know if I'd be funny on stage, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I've always been funny. Maybe I'll try that. And I, I, you know, tried it, loved it. Been doing it for about four or five years now. Um, my first set bombed every joke except for one joke, which made the entire room howl with laughter. And I've been addicted to that feeling ever since. So it kind of turned like I have a very addictive personality. So it kind of turned up like I, I, I kind of turned to a positive addiction, I guess, in a way. Martin, can I ask you a question? Um, yeah. Did it yeah. did it bomb like this? Oh, yes. Oh, oh, the rest beautiful. of the set, only oh, one joke, one joke crushed, made the entire room laugh and everything else sucked. <laughs> so that's my that was my story. And I think this is this is one of those things where if people it is that that moment on where I just, you know, I just realized like I can't. I have to do something and I, it, it, I don't know what it is, but I have to do things other than what I'm doing now. And after that, I started doing things that scared me. So stand up was one thing. I had a fear of public speaking. So did that uh, a year later, a couple years later, I, I started taking up boxing. Physical violence was always something that I was very afraid of. So I took that and I've been doing that ever since. Um, got my motorcycle license before I left Winnipeg, actually. And that was something that always scared me. So did that. So I think this is one of those things like this song really resonated where, you know, do things that scare you because you know it, it, it you'll be surprised that what you can overcome and what you can achieve so i think that's why this song resonates with me so much but anyway what do you guys think <laughs> preach that's awesome i i got nothing to say that's just beautiful uh okay i i'll I, I always have to say <laughs> <laughs> just say uh, it's rusty <laughs> uh i would say i love the song i'd never heard it um for some reason, I feel like I'm supposed to hate Dan Auerbach, like he's some sort of slimy tool or something. But I, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know him personally. So I, don't know. I mean, I've we've uh, I've played with the Black Keys. We did a show with them at um, in Victoria or something in uh, West Coast um, with the Sheepdogs, and I was I was on stage with them. It was amazing. Mm. Man, does he ever have a lot of great songs? He does. And this is this is his solo stuff, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's produced totally differently. I think he's really good at putting together soundscapes that we're all familiar with. It's not that original, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> this song in particular sounds like a direct ripoff of a song by Air to me off of their album Moon Safari, which I wrote down on my notes downstairs. I'm not going to go find it. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> That was my only criticism. Uh, otherwise, it's actually a great song and great production. Uh, it just sounds like he dra dragged and dropped them in from a list of pre-recorded shit to me. Uh, but it's great. I uh... just an asshole. I'm sorry. No, no, you're not. No, <laughs> no. But I, I, okay, Dude, so you're... I'm going to counter Rusty here just like he did before. I'm, I'm doing what you did before, but basically saying the way that you described the scene, everything, the way like i'm seeing it like mm. i'm totally seeing it the only i guess i i think i'd like to see uh, i like where you said where you saw those people in their fourth like it, you're in the bar you're 18 19 whatever it is and you see those guys in the bar and you're like that's you at 30 or that could be you at 30 i think i'd like to see that scene where they're just in the background and you're going in the bar at 18 19 whatever it is and you you kind of look at them you don't really make a mental note of it but the viewer sees it and then when you're approaching your 30s you're 30 or whatever those guys are still there 
Yeah. <laughs> Same just people. just as um I don't know, not an Easter egg, but just some sort of shot there to see that. Oh yeah, in this or, or they beautiful movie or, he's making us. Or yes, they recognize yeah. or they recognize you. Hey, yeah. you're that uh, that funny guy. Or, or they're like, where have you? We've been waiting. Come sit with us finally. Yeah. <laughs> Forever. Do I get this table now? Do I get my gold card to, to the Tijuana Yacht Club? <laughs> Tijuana Yacht Club? Really? Nice. And, uh, and taking it back from all I did was shit on Dan Auerbach, which was not what I should have done. I no, have no, no, that, no. Yes, your use of it in your story. The song does remind me of a sunrise. It's It mm. sounds like a sunrise to me. And your the, the way you put it into your storyline is that it's like I've tried something and now we're gonna see what where that takes us, and so that's a good choice. Yeah. I I have to, I, I'll agree with you, Rusty, in regards to the Black Keys it, it, as as themselves, very heavy, very dirty, very sexy. There's a lot there's a lot there that just. I never really understood what was so big about the Black Keys, but musically they're geniuses. But they are very like it's it's something that I could put in a lineup and and have a hard time picking out from other sounds that are so. Maybe it's in the fact that he's such a great producer and not a perfect a musician. Producer. Like like he knows how to put sounds together more than he knows how to make sounds happen that would marry well. It, he that, knows how to put sounds together more than he knows how to write notes that are. Yes, that's exactly he's writing riffs that we've all heard before. He's actually so good at it that he just shits them out and they're great songs. Yeah, because he's a great producer, too. Yes. And he's so, actually really talented. And I'm just mad. <laughs> I can understand that. Riley he's Stillman. your Dave Grohl. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but what was that? Uh, what was Salieri. He's your Salieri. Yeah, your Mozart. Oh, yeah. Salieri. You know what I mean? <laughs> Good reference. <laughs> totally. Well done, Martin. Um, but the only th- I, what I love about it, Martin, my, my note is uh, the whole one horse town title and how that song really talks about being, from what I understood, a big deal in a small pond and being at the Tijuana Yacht Club. You can be a big deal in a small pond. It's the Tijuana Dude, we were like, Club. Remember what we used to call each other? We were like Winnipeg's biggest nobodies. Yeah. Oh, so God. We, we, like, we would get into any anywhere, get, get into any restaurant, any bar without waiting. We would just. At any restaurant? Yeah. What a great name for a podcast. <laughs> Winnipeg's biggest nobody. Yeah. yeah. Even no. Carlos and Murphy's you guys could get into? Oh, oh dude. <laughs> oh, dude. We like, they'd, brag, but, like mm, you know that? Village? Yeah. Uh, Ru- wow. Rusty, I'm going to paint a picture for you so, you so you get a better idea. Um, think of Goodfellas. And when <laughs> Ray Liotta walks into the restaurant for the first time, very, very similar to that. Like, very, mm. like you could be a carbon copy, let's say. <laughs> that big one shot, the one shot yes, that he did. That the one shot. Right <laughs> Friday night was for the girlfriend. Saturday was for wives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are so bad. Oh, shit. Uh, all right. No, but yeah, that's, that's what I liked. I liked how you, you, you created an idea in your movie, what you're doing. I see. And Rusty, you made a point of it where it's like, Martin's doing it this way. I'm doing it that way. That's what we leave to chance with the show where we let whoever is arguing it. it we, we, we bracket it in a way that you know where to go, but you want to make a movie with this. Great. You just want to look at scenes. That's also great too. So there's a lot of different ways you can approach it, but I just liked how you approached it with not wanting to be the same 10 years later, right? Like no progression. That's and king of a one horse town. If there's only one horse in the town, it's not that great of a town. So you kind of like you, you want to, you want to get outside of who you've been and expand and live and learn and all that shit. So that's great. Um, What's your last 
song. So choice. last song is called Winter Song by Head in the Heart, and I think this was this is gonna take place. It 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 follows King. Of, it doesn't really follow, but it follows that life um, after King of a One Horse Town, where basically you know this is gonna probably play during the end credits. And this is me leaving Winnipeg. This is the, I think this is the perfect like song for Winnipeg. BC. Like leaving yeah, for Winnipeg BC. to BC. Yeah, my parents drove yeah, gotcha. me, so leaving that. I think that's the and this is actually the song I listened to when I was leaving like my house, my parents' house to drive all the way to BC. Um, yeah, I think it's just like when, like what better song to describe Winnipeg than Winter Song? And, and if you listen to the lyrics too, it's just like it's about that time and it was hard to leave family and friends. It was about that time where, you know, this chapter is come and gone to go start another chapter, but I'll be back. You know, I'll come visit, I'll be back and come hang out still. We'll, we won't lose touch, but I think this is, I, that's why I like this song. It's just, it's, it's a great, great tune to, to like ride off into the sunset, I guess, too. Yeah, your swan song, chapter. so to yeah. speak, right? Like your, I, yeah. Can I, can I comment or do you want, do you need some more? Yeah, go. All right. Um, I, we love the head and the heart. I don't, I don't think you'll find anybody who doesn't love the head and the heart. And I think one of the most cool things about them is their ability to switch tempo mid song. Like I've gone to see them six times now through folk fest. That one folk fest they were here, they did like seven shows, so it was really easy to. I'm just using folk fest as the majority of where I've seen them, but I did see them at the Burt, and uh, they really just like it. It blew my mind that they could be going down one direction, and then they almost put two songs in the one song, and it really allows for a lot more storytelling because you can change the tempo. And you can change the timing and you can change the instruments even that they do. Like they'll just have banjo for the first half and no banjo for the second half. And it all somehow makes sense. But winter song, going into winter, winter sleep, leaving. That's a there's a lovely transition there with what you were doing with your life and then using the song as a vehicle to carry you off into the sunset, so to speak. Because everything, you know, you left you left in the winter, didn't you? Yeah, it's, it's 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 well, it was the, it was November. Actually, it was a year today, so pretty much yeah, the start of winter, end of fall, end of summer, all the you know starting to get cold. Um, yeah, and I think the first like the first, um, I guess the first um, set of lyrics at the like it, it's basically saying um, you know, goodbye. I don't know if I made the right decision, but it's we're gonna find out. Like I'm I'm hoping it's the right decision. It's a hard move, and I moved I moved like we left. It was pretty. Like I applied for a job and basically didn't know I was, I applied in the summer and I didn't know I was getting it till October and my job started in um, January or December. So I basically had a, a couple months to just pe pick up everything, pack up, move out West, figure out where I'm going to live, everything. So it was just a lot of questions. Just did I make the right choice and what's going to happen? I'm not sure. It's a scary time, but you know, looking back now, great decision. And yeah, that's why I love this song. That's a great fucking story. Stop yeah. it! I'm crying and crying. Now. It's like what? I told Mike. Like... Yeah, I told Mike I might cry on this one. I was just like, it's okay. it was emotional. Oh, it's it's, it's fucking beautiful. Yeah, it's fucking beautiful. It is. Thank you. Do you have anything else there, Sean? No. No, I, I got nothing. This is, I, 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 when I said earlier that I want to make this into a a story about four separate people growing. And then eventually meeting on a podcast, that would be That'd the be final cool. scene of the movie. 
fuck this this is writing itself like totally take it take it take it around with this now yeah take it around with it dude i'd love it that'd be like that's that's vertically integrated shit where we have a screenplay written about our podcast while we're doing it that's that's the nobody's doing that copyright (laughs) (laughs) uh i was gonna say i i to me that sounds like that scene in is it the royal tenenbaums or is it his other movie I went out walking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's Royal Tenenbaum. Because it's actually the same chord progression, too. It's just starting on the major one and then walking down to the major scale. And that's an undeniably sad thing to play on the acoustic guitar that always feels like it's comforting you. And that was a, I was taken by that song because I don't know Head and the Heart all that well. But I do know that there's one of the more creative bands that's out there. And they go out of their way to be all kinds of things from all kinds of music sources from all around the world. And I really like and respect that. And then to to just have some sort of just straight ahead, like ditty, like that's not what they usually do, which is a ditty. It's like literally <laughs> a little ditty. It's beautiful. It's great. And it, it it's, it's so simple that it's really powerful, I think. Mm. All right. Rusty, are you ready? Oh, my songs now, eh? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I have the list here if you need them. <laughs> well, I've got all my notes upstairs, but maybe it's great that I'm smoking and away from my notes. Yeah, now. no, you can you can uh, okay. you can warm up here because I I'm just grabbing it here. Um... Okay, so I started with Green Day, Basket Case, and uh, so that would be me in sort of like just getting into music. No, no, play. actually, the first song was the Flaming Lips. Mm-mm. No, no, oh, that was no, your first. No, no okay. I'm I'm no, out of order for him. You're out of order. You're out of order. You're all out of order. Um, no, I think I know my life. <laughs> I was there. I don't remember that. <laughs> oh, so funny. Okay. So yeah, so I started with Green Day, Basket Case, because leading up to that, I was basically just learning about music and learning who I was. You know, teenager. 10, 12, 13. I was into the Little Mermaid soundtrack really hard. <laughs> yes, yeah. Sebastian. It's a good soundtrack. <laughs> it is an excellent soundtrack and it still stands up. It's so good. Under the Sea? Um, yes. Yeah. I have recently recorded a version of Under the Sea. Um, in Klingon? But, uh, not in Klingon, but I used a PVC xylophone. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Right, so, uh, going from Little Mermaid soundtrack into Green Day. You know, I'm going to go ahead and try to read the little thing I wrote here. And yeah. And it'll sound really stupid, and I'll just do it off the cuff after that. So, Green Day's Dookie was one of the four pivotal <laughs> albums that catapulted me into adulthood. <laughs> I, was t- <laughs> I was taken by the frantic energy, as well as the almost timeless and simplistic qualities of Green Day's melodies. <laughs> However, Basket Case is so much more than a four-chord punk song. It draws unapologetically from classical forms like Paco Bell's Canon in D, where the fourth chord is actually a minor third instead of the more obvious and widely used major fourth. <laughs> this opens up the rest of the chord progression to tell a slightly longer, more intricate and nuanced emotional story. Seven chords total for each round of the verse. So now I'm going to stop reading. From <laughs> no, <laughs> don't! I did a little too much homework, I think. Don't! <laughs> uh, and oh, actually, leading into that, I was a hyper child and teenager. And in fact, two days ago, I was finally diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. <laughs> and I've always had it. And I'm very hyper, as you can tell. Rusty? And, uh, Rusty? Basket case. Yeah. 100% same over here, buddy. I was diagnosed when I was 20. 
cool. Yeah. I, I can tell you it was an emotional day. I bawled my eyes out because I've been misunderstood my whole life <laughs> and I have so much energy. I drive people nuts. Uh, and it's just who I am. So Basket Case spoke to me because it, totally. it's frantic. It's so much frantic energy. He's showing me how to write songs with so many chords and they all sound the same. And they're all, uh, what, what did I write here in the notes? Uh, yeah, they have hundreds of songs. Like they had hundreds of songs before Dookie came out too. And I bought all those records. It just, it really taught me about songwriting. It brought me into being a musician and, and wanting to be a musician for a career. It made me stand in front of my mirror playing guitar for hours and hours and hours. I taped four pieces of paper together and drew the Dookie album cover like exactly. Fuck <laughs> and yes. I brought it to school and got made fun of a whole bunch for that. Uh, and so what did I do? I took shops class and made this dookie thing beside me <laughs> <laughs> to prove them all wrong. <laughs> you sure, you sure learned them. Yeah. I saw Go that. I'm so glad Double awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. So anyway, that's my basket case story. That's I love it. Sort of launched me into loving music and wanting to write songs. You know I what? Like how two people pick green day i was close to pick i like i said to you i think i was close close to picking green day radiohead as well i was close to picking so i mean I like green days is one of those bands that if you live during that era how, how could you not yeah. listen to them right mm-hmm. yeah i remember seeing them at uh i think it was edge fest at the uh it was at the old football stadium yep and uh they they invited somebody to come on stage to play their song welcome to paradise and i was screaming at the front of that audience i knew how to play me yes and the guy i got on stage didn't know how to play it that well oh, fuck. <laughs> I did. Oh. So. oh that's heartbreaking um speaking from somebody who sympathizes with you and understands adult adhd a lot and has was medicated for a long time and and, and went through all the ringer younger in, in my younger days that's a perfect fucking choice in and of itself it's title but also in its it, it again cacophony comes to mind right like it's the video as well is so colorful in yes. that base color i love it sorry I no 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 you're, you're totally right cut me off more um it's it it's just it's it's a and 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 at that time too like there that album was also there's a there's, green day is like a storytelling punk band it's kind of weird right like it's not a common thread in punk music because you don't get a lot of time to tell stories in it, but they, they do. And yeah, no, I, I, I love the duality of what you're playing with. Cool. Thank you, John. Anybody else want to rip me a new one? It's a very good choice. Uh, definitely a very good choice. Um, I, I like what you said, how they're kind of viewed as a simplistic kind of simplistic in, in how they write their, they're like a three chord band or four chord band or whatever, but or a seven chord band or a seven chord, band. but there's, <laughs> but, but they're perceived as a, like a three chord band, but no, there's seven. Right. So I think mm-hmm. there's, there's something about the skill in songwriting. Isn't necessarily the notes you're picking. It's how you're picking them and putting them together. So I think they get underrated until like someone like yourself, who's, you know, an actual musician goes in and goes, Holy shit. Like, no, there's a lot there going on underneath yeah. that distortion for sure. There's so much going on underneath. But let, let, let's let's take this back. I'm actually going to give you extra points here. In that you're explaining the way your brain works with ADHD, mm-hmm. you actually your brain isn't 
working. So people may look at you, oh, it's just a simple, they just, they can't focus, you know, but mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're way more than just that description. At face value, it's this, <laughs> but it's actually, you can't see here, but it's like, it's, it's bigger. There's more to you. There's more layers. There's seven chords, not three. Mm -hmm. You're a seven oh, chord individual. Thank you. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, and, in, and in your music, like I've listened to a lot of your stuff. I've actually seen you play, I don't know how many times, but your, your musical, the, the way, the way you, you change styles and, and even on an imaginary cities album, like it's all over the place. Like that's good. That's, that shows you're not ACDC the same, you know, three, four time or whatever. Like there's something. I'm actually bigger. exploring music through writing it. Like I'm yes, yeah. I'm 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 enjoying it while I'm playing it too. Yeah, like I'm like, whoa, is this gonna and happen? I don't know. <laughs> so I like that. That's the beginning part, and I like the next. So I know what the next songs are now. Yeah. Uh, so I okay. like that's a really good starting point. Thank you. Like yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, should I go on to the next one? Yes, you should. Okay, so the next one is my grand old touring days with like Waking Eyes, Imaginary Cities. Weaker than basically like all of the 2000s, uh, just giving a million percent to not being at home, being on the road, sleeping on couches, eating shit, eating gas station chips and sleeping in a van for 10 years. Basically, it sucked ass, but it also ruled, <laughs> and, you know, uh, got me to where I am today. And I'm a happy guy. Uh, so do you realize by the flaming lips, the flaming lips to me is just like or I. I'll just read it. I've always thought of the flaming lips as a friend drawing me into creativity. Look how far you can take it. It doesn't matter. Everything is so over the top and in your face and sparkly and glittery. Glittery. And then they release this song that's just utterly simple in its message. I can read you all of the lyrics in 10 seconds. Uh, you have the most beautiful face. We're floating in space. Happiness makes you cry. Everyone you know some way, someday will die. Life goes fast. It's hard to make the good things last. That's the whole song. And it just hits me in my heart. It, it, it always made me feel like if I was alive when John Glennon released Imagine, that's what I would feel like if I heard Imagine for the first time. It just kind of makes you go, I'm so small. The, the, the sun doesn't go down. It's just an illusion caused by the world spinning around. We're floating in space. Happiness makes me cry. What? Ah! <laughs> It's and it just it, it arrests me. It makes me stop thinking about a million things at once and makes me go, This is beautiful. And Flaming Lips also just has this way of writing emotional music, but their production is so all over the place that you really have to find that melody and the message in this cacophony of sounds that he's providing you. But it's there and it, it's it just uh, and uh, Waking Eyes actually played this on a street corner for war child for some uh uh oh the war child uh benefit thing right yeah okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was it, it was a, yeah uh and uh we just did an acoustic version busking on a street corner but you can find that on youtube too but don't uh <laughs> but this song means a lot to me and so yeah that the song to me is just uh it reminds me of all of my touring days and what can be achieved in songwriting if you just keep your message not ego driven isn't it and, and it is that simple like that song they make you forget that it is so simple by stretching it out 
and 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 making the words flow with the music because oh they're what, so drawn out yes it's 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 it's, yeah. it, it, it's not like you could quickly put that into a minute and a half to two minutes and even call it just like a like a transition point in an album right like a like a sound clip mm. from a hip-hop album how they have those intros and outros and stuff like you could bring it down to that but the, you, it's almost like that message that they're trying to get across. They really want you to pay attention the entire time of the song, and, and yeah. using that over top of the a very beautiful point or lesson learning or trying. Like I mean, I can imagine eating mesquite barbecue chips and sleeping on a couch is great for two days, but then when it's three weeks, there comes a point right where it's got to be a little too much. So it's this balance of beauty and and everything in between. I dig it, Martin. What do you think? God, I loved how you picked the Flaming Lips. And I loved how you picked the album that introduced me to the Flaming Lips. I didn't know about them until I first, like, until I heard Yoshimi Battles of Pink Robot Part 1 and 2. And I, I love this album. That's the um, other great song on the record, too. The Yoshimi Battles of Pink Robots, yeah. Um, I love this song in particular because, um, I, I, for me, when I read the lyrics and when I first heard the song, it just made me feel like if, and just now, just me realizing if I was to soundtrack, put this song in my life, it, 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 would be when I was in the womb of my mother. And she's like talking to me saying, do you realize you have the most beautiful face? Do you realize life goes fast? And mm. just kind of saying to your unborn oh, yeah. child, hey, this is, you know, preparation it's, it's song. Preparation for life. Yeah. And I, I feel like it, 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 I don't know, the medley kind of makes you feel like you're floating, right? Yeah. So that's, okay. that's what and I the imagine. The video is beautiful too. The video is so simple and beautiful. Like it just looks like a National Geographic commercial for humans or something. <laughs> I'm envisioning now, Martin, just you saying that. And so you, okay, so in this movie with the four of us, as mm. we're growing up and, and finding ourselves, I think in that moment where you're a montage of you doing the road, uh, doing the road thing and playing these places, there's a mel melancholy to the song. And then we start cutting back to uh, Martin being born. And maybe oh, oh. even oh. there's a scene where your mother is literally <laughs> mouthing the words to the song at the same time oh. as maybe as she's holding you. Uh, and then yeah. we and then we go back. Well, maybe to, we hear the music, but it's 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 buried. But it's under only the music. And it's in yeah. the distance. Oh yes. yeah. It's but then, on it. And then part of the montage would go to to Michael, uh, kind of figuring his shit out, you know, like like. But no, but like it takes bits and pieces throughout the entire timeline during that song that'd be cool wow I, uh, i'm not not envisioning this happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i think i think something's definitely this, getting yeah. let's make it happen I love oh, so, yeah, so, <laughs> one month john one month can we get a first draft in one month <laughs> i uh, i wrote a movie in a weekend before and we filmed the following weekend it's okay no way yeah. yeah we can make a short out of this for it's sure brutal Sean, before Have he... you guys seen any of the new uh, Twilight Zone with uh, Jordan Peele directing them? No, no, what? no, that's oh, a thing, really. That's a thing. Oh, it's yeah, a series. Yeah, it's, it's like thing. if you miss Black Mirror and can't wait for new Black Mirror, watch all the new Twilight Zones. Where, where, where is where is this? It's online, Netflix it's on network, or Amazon. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's he's right, it's out there. You can get it. I think it's got oh, two I gotta seasons. Go find that. Yeah, you'll, it's great. I... but there's an episode where somebody's on a plane listening to a podcast talking about his life on the plane that's happening and the plane's going to go down and he's listening oh and jesus reminds, you're talking about yeah, yeah. that idea yeah yeah Bef like paralleling reality rusty before you you kill it with your last two here uh, i just want to pause for a technical worry 
I set this meeting up for two and a half hours, Sean. If it hits yep. four thirty, does it just quit it, or can we still keep going? No, I'll, I'll keep going. I just went up to see the wife, gave her a kiss. Okay. She's playing Elder Scrolls online right now. No, yeah, <laughs> accomplishments that keep popping up on my computer somehow. That she just. Yeah. Five <laughs> I love that. Ten G because I'm logged in as her on this computer, and she, we have the Xbox app on her computer. So just keep seeing every accomplishment she's had for the last two hours. Is she leveling up without you? She's yeah, like... she is. She is, in fact. She just broke that's level so 50. I'm like, you. Okay. But my, my, my other question no, is, though, my, my, no, my other question is, though, is that will this video kill out at 430? Because that's when I scheduled it to. Uh, will it stop recording? Will it stop recording at 430? <laughs> Well, if we do, then start it over again. So All right, cool. Invite, and then we just jump back in. Perfect. All That's, right. I've had to do this before, so. Okay, so if it does do that, we'll just jump back in. All right. Yeah. Sorry to break the... the, the and the... start from the top again. Yes, 100%. Right? I'll go over from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, okay. So creative editing to mash the two together. You'll be totally, 100%. All right, so um, we've got two from you. We've got Flaming Lips. We've got uh, Dookie, Green Bay, Basket Case. Give yeah. us your third. I, I was, I was. Can I just add one thing? Yeah. That, that I like that song selection from the Flaming Lips, but I think almost immediately following that song, "How Does It Feel" by Zeus. Have you guys? Mm. Oh, I know Zeus. It, it's yep. the same feel where it's like, this is really commercial. This is really. Oh wait, no, this is actually beautiful because they're both car ad songs. Are they? Yeah. 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 They are. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> But uh, they, they, <laughs> well, that's well, the new that's the new reality. Yeah, for sure. but that's how you make money in music nowadays. Totally, the only way. But anyway, sorry. That, no, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got to get to uh, writing some commission of some commission songs this week too. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's how I make money. <laughs> that's how you make but, money uh, nowadays. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's move on to my third song, which would be nearing the end of my touring life. Uh, maybe like two, 2014 or so, 2013 to 2014, Imaginary Cities kind of came to an end. And I was at home producing a few things here and there, not really sure. I was actually going to go back to school and stuff. And then the Sheepdogs called me and they said, we need a guitar player. Do you want to do it? And I said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I went and toured with them for uh, a couple of years, and it was amazing. I mean, to travel on tour buses and play big shows to 50,000 people and, like, live that life it was really really amazing but i was an alcoholic and i was not happy i wasn't playing any of my own original music and uh just kind of putting on a it was insincere i'm not a sheepdog i'm not, I'm not a i'm a bearded guy but i'm not like a 70s <laughs> <Saskatoon>. um, <laughs> i don't own any bell bottoms <laughs> and like you said you can listen to any one of my albums and go from all genres and the sheepdogs don't even do that in their own genre. They just stick to basically one genre, which is hardcore. And that's okay. That's great. That's what they do. That's why they play to lots of people and I don't. And uh, <laughs> I, But it gets boring after a while, and I felt like I was putting on a costume. And, uh, and I was drinking my way through a very long tour that uh, was really depressing me. I was listening to specific songs that I also almost put on this list that were getting me through that really hard time. I was crying myself to sleep every night and puking myself awake every morning with vodka. And uh, I ended up uh, leaving the Sheepdogs in the middle of a tour in Memphis. Uh, after a show, I just told the tour manager, I'm going to the airport. And I went and found a, ho a hotel at the airport and flew home. 
and eventually checked myself into the I actually had to go to the hospital I woke up one morning with blood coming out of my mouth and my butt because my liver had redirected all of my blood to my stomach so my stomach was filling with blood and I don't like that so that it comes out of your mouth and your butt had to go to the hospital seriously almost died I was really almost out of blood and I was pretty gray and I had full transfusions and stuff and like the stayed in the hospital for almost a week eventually I drank again after that and then went into detox I haven't had a drink in years now it's uh, that was congratulations dude that happened and uh so that happy story being said uh I'm fine now I'm happy and everything's good and I'm not triggered by stuff it's all good guys uh but the 28 weeks later scene is the most like discombobulating awful sounding dark sounding thing to me because it's got this one minor note in it that doesn't work with like any of the chords that it's going <laughs> over and there's four chords in that chord progression and it just builds and builds and builds and it sounds ominous and feels like something bad's gonna happen and it just gets worse and worse and worse and it gets worse beyond the level of worse you thought it could get and uh it's scary and it sounds like you're a zombie being chased by zombies you gotta get the fuck out of there and that's what it's and that darkness of that song really reminds me of the darkness i felt at that time in my life so wow well there's my delivery i dare you to make me feel bad about it <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go first on on this one rusty first of all uh that's amazing that you got through all that i think i can speak for all of Thank us you. here and Thanks. uh I know you've put stuff like that on Instagram before and you're super comfortable talking about it. I uh, So I'm totally. glad that you yeah. feel more comfortable talking about it here too as well. My mother uh, hasn't had a drink in like 27 years. So I, I, my mother was an alcoholic. I grew up with it and whatnot. So I... It's, it's, it's common for everyone to feel like you can't talk about it, but it's so common that I really needed to be comfortable with it. Yeah. Because everybody drinks. Everybody drinks. Yes, yeah. totally. I, I'm not comfortable talking about it. I gotta go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go to Mars, dude. Like you, you, you gotta be, be the one leaving the room all the time. Yeah, yeah. You gotta be able to stick around. And I'm totally cool with it. I'm totally that's good. Cool. That's, that's super. Awesome. That's super awesome. As for your song choice, I couldn't agree with you fucking more. I I had that that came up like later in the list and was like, oh, I don't want to listen to this anymore. This is not making me feel good. And and I know it because twenty eight days later, or is it twenty yeah twenty eight weeks later? That's from twenty eight weeks later. Although I like twenty eight days later. Yes, uh, and and we're loose. We allow for series and quadrilogies and triple. Twenty eight later yeah. movies. Yeah, so it's, it's something to do with twenty eight. So yeah, but it, it, everything that happens in that movie is is like the depression and fear that's going on with what what those people are going through because like what they're they're going through the a zombie fucking apocalypse. So picking that for a moment in your life where you're going through some of the same things, that's that's a that's 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 fucking Kobe. That's three points, man. You were a zombie, really, in a way, <laughs> was, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's yeah, kind of like it. Martin. What about uh, what about you, sir? Yeah, I, I, oh, that song just gives me the chill. I I love that series, but listening to that song just gives me the chill. So I think it's 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 appropriate that you pick this song for you know such a hard time in your life. Just it's to, that scene where he's running in the field, eh? At the beginning, is that right at the and beginning? He sees the, the wife, movie, and then he sees right? the wife. You know, and they get and in the, the river wife. on the boat. Yeah, that's, that's a very so really... impactful. That when he's running and those guitars are rocking, and it's 
oh, it just feels gross, and I'm scared for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sean, yeah. you got uh, what are your thoughts on that? I got nothing. This is, <laughs> that's perfect. Mike yeah, drop. I, I can't that say should it, be the it, name of the a, episode. I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> we all got nothing. No, it, it, it's a perfect song choice. It 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 really the, the way it ties into it, to the story you're telling. It's 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 perfectly. And the movie you're making. And the movie I'm making. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Screenplay. Right I'll write screenplay. Michael can film it, I think. And uh, yeah, no, and we got to score it, uh, Rusty. And what are you yeah. gonna do, Martin? You're gonna you're no <laughs> Martin's the DOP. Dare, photography. Like, well, yeah. dude, yeah. The, the shots are already writing it already, man. Yeah. Like it's it's perfect. Uh, Sean, my our old original member Steve Taylor uh, is a director. Like he could direct the whole thing and get the gear from the video pool at Winnipeg Cinema and. Oh yeah, there's potential here. This isn't just this isn't just pandering. This is. Uh, I want to point out too. I, I'm I'm a hundred percent into actually add invested time and creative energy into this if you want. So. I uh, yeah. This is this is this I is. I just want to point out that you're not joking as soon as you're not joking. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm serious. laughs> I just wanted to point out to you with the song selection. I liked it too because I think this is a one one of the only songs that was actually made for a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, no, yeah. like it, it was, it was one of the songs that is, it's an original score for a movie and you picked it to, for this part of your life, which I thought was pretty interesting as well. Well, cool. then his, his next choice is actually, was actually written for a movie. I don't know if it was in the movie or not though. What's your next choice? What, there? Exit, exit music for a film by Radiohead. Right. Cause it was, it was written for Romeo and Juliet, but I don't know if it I don't think it was in the, the movie. Yeah. I don't think it was. Was it actually written for that? Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know the story behind it. I did like, however, that you just said that, Martin, that I chose a movie from a film, but then we went into this music and we, and it's not, I didn't know it was written for a film. I thought it was just. Uh, I didn't hear that. That was the first time I knew that. I didn't know however, it either. It's the other Radiohead song that was chosen that's apparently called something about a film. Right? <laughs> sure the other one we listened to. And this one's called Exit Music for a Film. And what I've written here. Is. The title says it all. I haven't seen this piece of music not elevate an iconic or otherwise arresting moment in a film. <laughs> the song has an undeniably triumphant rise up quality to it, while maintaining a sense of humility as if things are far from resolved. It leaves you with a new sense of clarity while also leaving you completely unsettled. We live in a pretty unsettled time right now, I'd say. <laughs> At the climax of the song, there's an intentionally sour bass note. You might know the part, it's like, Right after the bombastic, well, on the best bass tone ever. Right after the biggest bombastic drum fill on one of the best albums of all time. <laughs> so right after the drum fill, that goes boom, There's a sour bass note in there, and uh, that single bass note is something I think about every time I lay down a bass track. It's true. Like I, that bass tone and that bass note it's sour and it doesn't make any sense but it colors the entire song with that sense of unsettledness the bass is almost the lead instrument in on in that part of the song yeah i know exactly what you mean the drums uh and then what i was so proud of myself i even patted my literally patted myself on the back (laughs) today uh because my wife and i were watching a documentary last night about the exorcist the guy William Friedkin, Friedkin, who made The Exorcist, the director, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, guys yeah. probably know way more about movies than no, that. No, yeah, yeah. But uh, so he was talking about moments. He was calling them grace notes. It's like really like human moments 
So I and and then he would reference Citizen Kane, uh, like the um, Orson Welles, uh, Rosebud. Rosebud. Yeah, the, the, the like yeah. your innocence is lost, right? In that moment, that's like the moment that he's talking about. So that baseline that, that is base the Rosebud. Note is, is the best, best Radiohead's Rosebud moment? Radio <laughs> Real I made a movie reference. <laughs> so and would you? So okay, I have I have, I have questions. So this, that is that was my that was probably my fifth or sixth pick, but I couldn't put two Radiohead songs. So the cinematic quality of the lyric, the r- lyrical content in the beginning, "Wake from Your Sleep," uh, "You're Drowning," right after coming out of detox. Tears. Yes. Yeah. So that was in. That's okay yeah saying. that's yeah okay that's good that's specifically the opening lines another thing i was going to say is part of the way i listen to music and have my whole life is i've only started paying attention to lyrics in the last couple of years i've never paid attention to lyrics mm-hmm. only the first couple lines of songs really and i'm really paying attention to the sonic and music quality of, of songs and i've never really noticed what people are saying <laughs> and i just realized <laughs> i should start and like that song the way it starts like wake from your sleep is memorable and i always remember that that's how it starts and that's i think why it's so arresting right off the top too isn't that funny that you're writing lyrics but you don't listen to them actually my favorite song i've written is called away with your words and it's a song about how i write i hate writing lyrics and now i'm not good at it but it's probably the best lyrics i don't listen to lyrics. <laughs> we, we had michael and i had this talk before about about songs i think when todd was on the show too my brother, we had talked about my brother and I, when we listen to a song, it's all about the feeling of the music and the lyrics is the absolute last consideration for us. Because if the song doesn't feel like the emotion you're trying to convey, then the lyrics are irrelevant. Totally. Sometimes the lyrics will have all this emotional punch, but if the music's not behind it, the lyrics are irrelevant. So it really comes. And vice versa. Music. Like it's totally yeah. a give and take. Yeah, but, yeah. And, and sometimes it'll happen by accident where a lyric is so jarring that it is the catchy part right like and then had, i'll then i'll remember that lyric of course i had there, there's a song that i wrote i i just i wrote a poem i didn't it wasn't intended for a song and a friend of mine actually put music to it and it didn't go at all and it was like i don't know i i just i don't that's I don't a hard thing lyrics. to do yeah yeah and michael's well, the we're, we're similar in that way first yeah i i'm yeah like i with what little like i stopped playing trumpet in grade 12 so that there's my musical inclination for you but um i i would go with lyrics first just because if i like knowing what i'm talking about and then finding what the story is and then marrying a melody to it instead of trying to force an idea into something like if i had a happy melody i'd want to write a happy song where I'd rather write something and then figure out what it's going to be after, because you can write it one way and sing it another and have two different meanings. I find, but that's, that's totally. So know. I just wanted to comment on that too. I don't know if you guys have like, you guys remember the outcast song roses. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that like, uh, have you heard the, the acoustic version of it? Like it, it's, a, it's actually a sad song, but it's a, it sounds so happy when outcasting it, but there's someone does an acoustic version of it and it's the saddest song ever. The lyrics are so sad. You're just like this is brutal, but when we when it came out, when people were like this is such a happy tune, that's so, yeah, that's, that's an awesome, awesome song. That's that's that a whole good record one. is crazy. Yeah, so that song is so stands out so good on that record. That is such an awesome barn burner of a tune. That one and uh, 
I've heard the same thing about Happy, uh, the song yeah. Happy. If you yeah. actually played on acoustic, it's pretty sad. Yeah, it is. Uh, oh yeah. I don't, I don't totally agree. Maybe lyrically it's sad, but the chords aren't all that sad. I could write yeah. that chords. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we have come to my favorite time, and now we have a drum roll to actually play before we announce nice. yes today's the first day where we actually can insert the drum roll live instead of sitting here going are you ready are you ready are you ready so um rusty this is the part of the show where you vote for anybody but yourself so that's how we keep it democratic so to speak um if we have a tie uh we still haven't really figured out a proper way to do it because um sean has been breaking the tiebreakers i'll try to bring her in the other room and be like what do you think and she's going in completely blind so it's not the best way to do it so here's hoping for we no... just ended with a tie once right we I did think. yeah we, we, with a tie once? we did you're right you're right thank you for that sir it was like so, a four-way tie it was a four-way tie that was oh, yeah, yeah. yeah wasn't that the last episode was a four-way tie it yeah it so. totally was yeah. um that felt kind of good for once instead of always losing. <laughs> instead of being the loser yeah, yeah, yeah. hey guys you want to do well, a podcast say... and shit on me no <laughs> anyway so um easiest way to do this now type it into the chat group so do you have access to the chat group on your screen there uh rusty yeah i think so perfect yeah. so i have mine Wait. ready and uh here. let me double check here. yeah no take your time I, guys I, I, i'm i'm going over everyone's thing in my in my head here i do yeah. I'm, I'm having a hard time chat i, I need a there second this is so should I put it to everyone or just to you? Put it to everybody because what we're going to do is it's going to drop in and then and we'll then hit, okay. hit yeah. send at the same time. Hit send at the same time, exactly. So I got the drum roll up here, ladies and gentlemen. It's all in our... all honesty, this is a hard one to do. Um, this and, is... and full clear, but like, I agree. Disclosure, I am going to roll a D6 because I wanted to vote for all yours equally. So whatever the D6 rolls, that's what my vote is. <laughs> What's D6? A, a six-sided die. <laughs> nice. I played Dungeons and Dragons. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was gonna pull up my twenty. I, my 20 I should know that with all my Weezer uh, cover experience. <laughs> oh man, I don't know who to pick. This is really difficult. It is. I, I let fate do it because they I all have like to work together. It was they a team to, effort. Yeah, they have to come together to make a movie. So how do I pick one fucking thing? You pick the. I I feel how I'm basing this is I'm picking on who. It's it's not the best. It's just the best marriage, right? These are all great. They all work. Mm. They all have a home, right? Because they're personal and they mean something to you. And it's the first time we've ever gone, you know, deeper than a fucking shower stall on the show. So, like, there's 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 there's, there's a little bit of heart in this one as opposed to previously rusty. Where, and I'm glad it went this way because it's the way it should go. You're but, good. I'm ready. Okay. All right. Yep. So, uh, everybody got it in your chat group. Here comes the drum roll. Enter, enter, enter. Oh, over there. Sorry, I said it in the WhatsApp. Ah! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Where's the WhatsApp? Where's the WhatsApp? I got it right Check. here. Oh, I got it right here. On the Sorry, bottom there. Okay, so. Hang on, hang on. I'm not looking. Martin yeah, Wiggs! <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I agree. <laughs> Marty? Marty, how do you feel winning? Uh, what's my prize? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, thanks, guys. It was, it was, it was fun. Uh, like, you get the opening told... scene in the movie. That's your prize. <laughs> I told Which Mike, one, this is one of the five... should we play for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is one of the ones that Mike and I have been trying to do for a while in terms of episodes. If we were just trying to figure out the right way and the right cast to do it with, and I think this is this is great. 
like it worked out everyone's pick was really good all the stories i learned um and like i like the fact that two of you are actually you know musicians so just learning i'm not a musician so learning about that part of it and your insights on on each song was great too so very well done episode guys thanks everybody thanks for having me both or all three of you guys uh it was, I agree. It was, it was what I found uh, awesome about that was really getting to know how the songs moved you guys as people and, uh, and hearing it in a way that uh, wasn't just a joke, that these songs meant something to you in your real life that existed. Yeah. So it, was, it was a meaningful part of my day. The, the real life aspect that we try to bring into it can be funny, can be sad, can be weird, can be awkward. doesn't fucking matter, right? Like real life is what it is. Scripted life is perfect. So that is, that's the dichotomy that we try to do where it's like, all right, take the perfection off the screen, insert it into real life and see if it jives because essentially a movie is inspired by something from real life. So it should work both ways in theory, but it clearly doesn't. Because when we asked what Arnold Schwarzenegger character could teach us sex ed, it went we really went fucking weird. We only have three. <laughs> the big four is the dynamic you want. I still think that's a great topic and it's a funny topic, but we just didn't have. We were down. Someone canceled last minute because of family issues. So I mean, just that, that was my that was my intro episode to Real Debaters. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it was. That's that's the one. Now, before we get out of here, Rusty, um, I just want to get a couple questions to you to ask your opinion on some matters because you're the touring musician you're the pro you've been doing this for a really long time when you watch a movie are you like you say you don't pay attention to lyrics but are you critiquing how the songs how either either score or lyrical are you are you asking yourself any questions or are you just letting yourself be taken away uh i i prefer to let myself be taken away uh and like you know good editing on a song or good production on a song you probably shouldn't notice it you should just be enjoying it and like a good soundtrack, I probably shouldn't notice it. I should just be feeling it and just being have my hand held into whatever scene or my, my tear ducts being filled with the music and the scene being married together. I really love that. But when it doesn't work, oh boy, am I all down its throat. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just, I hate a bad soundtrack and I hate a badly mixed movie uh, where the music's louder than the dialogue, for example. Yeah. Um, so, and I've gotten more and more into fully um and so I, I really ever since i was a teenager watching music videos when the drums don't sync up it just drives me absolutely batty and like that's a simple thing don't get sync me up started the drums. <laughs> yeah yeah and so like when the footsteps don't meet up on a fully totally. thing yeah. that drives me nuts too and so i i love making little stupid videos on my phone and i don't consider myself a, a, a filmmaker anyway but those things matter to me so yeah the way the sound marries up i pay a lot of attention to it but i like it when i don't have to yeah do you done well i just feel like i'm i'm being taken for a ride by somebody who who took care of it all already yeah Yeah. no i i I definitely agree with you on that in, in that regard like it's it's the it's one thing to leave a coffee cup in the background Shout out to Game of Thrones. It's another thing yeah. <laughs> I love it. to like to like fuck up the Coffee technical cup. aspect of it, right? Like the real the, the that's that's your job where like that's an that's an accident. I'll let that slide. I think it's funny, it's great, it made great memes, but like that's a fuck up where like you have three to six months after you make a film to time it right. Find the right fully find the right celery to break the right bone because somebody's ear who's a professional like Rusty Mattias is going to give you shit in the privacy of his own home, but still it's shit. So no, it's being done. Uh, and about one year ago to this day, 
I actually recorded my first piece of celery being broken. Really? <laughs> I shit you not. For JP Ho's Christmas record last year, there's something about crunching under the snow, and we recorded celery breaking. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, do you when you when you pay attention to a movie? Do you like something like Guardians of the Galaxy, where it is all? Um, curated songs from other artists or are you john williams disney where you like you know a scored symphony that works well with the emotions and the scenes a bit of both like if it's done right either can work great i like things like uh you know 28 days later just to make it familiar that we just talked about it's a theme that we, you know the melody will keep coming up throughout the movie in different ways like dressed up differently to be fast or slow or higher or lower or major or minor depending on the scene i do like that because then your brain just is familiar with the feeling and it sets the mood for the whole movie based on three or four notes that, and how you dress them up and uh I, I do like that but then you know a carefully curated soundtrack like rushmore or royal tenenbaums or whatever i'm not even a huge wes anderson fan i don't know <laughs> Apparently, you are. Apparently I am. He makes good movies and makes good soundtracks. He curates great soundtracks. And when it works, it really works. So that I do like both of them. We have a we have a friend, me and Martin, who says that Wes Anderson doesn't make movies. He makes worlds. He mm. he actually he, he pays attention to color and palette and all of these things that are shot in a place, you know, but made in a place that he only sees there and how he wants to create it. So he did like. The Royal Tannenbaums is a world. Steve Zissou is a world. Um, the Darjeeling yeah. Limited is a world. And they all take place in the world, but his world. And I think that's what people are attracted to. Yeah, I almost to. feel like if you're Wes Anderson and you step back from him and just look this yeah. differently, the movie wouldn't look any good. No. But just in his perspective, it's fucking amazing. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to ask if I could swear on the show. It's fucking fine. It's a little late now. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good, dude. Um, I would love to keep everybody here longer, but this is this we're going long here. We're going hard in the paint, so I we can we can start wrapping this up. But um guys, thank you so much for this is my favorite fucking episode. I'm sure I'm not supposed to say that. You're not supposed to have a baby. And we do this with a lot of people, but I'm. This is mine because this is one I've wanted to do for a long time, and I, it, it's my favorite because it worked out the way I wanted it to. I wanted guys I talk to who I love talking with. I wanted a professional musician who knows exactly how to fucking do this. Rusty, big ten out of ten, man. Like, thank you so much for thank you offering. Well, your... thanks for asking me. I, you know, it's good when like I don't feel like going anywhere, but I will because you said it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've 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 played the game. You've uh, proven yourself worthy. You can be knighted a debater, and we will. I will more than likely bug you again to come on for something a little more asinine and a little less personal, so we can have a lot more fun. And because that's that's uh, the that's the normal game here. Um, what are you working on? What do you want to tell the world about? Anything you've got in the oven right now? Uh, well, in, in our pee break earlier, I was telling these guys about uh, I recently released a version of Bohemian Rhapsody entirely in Klingon. I know. Uh, <laughs> That's what uh, I was hoping you'd lead with. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know if you knew or not. <laughs> oh, I knew. I knew. I knew six weeks ago. At work, somebody was talking about it, and that's half the reason you're here today. Like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's actually that's. Yeah, that's uh, that could tie into like some ADHD qualities for sure. Where I like quarantine and like 
<laughs> the hardest thing I could do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll do this. <laughs> so I just did it. How hard was that to do? I want people to get a little bit better understanding of it because it's like it's it got some traction, man. There's no way that that video did not like I saw it everywhere. I heard everybody talking about it for a minute. So like, what went into learning Klingon? <laughs> uh, well, actually, the the hardest part probably. Well, there were two hard parts. The hardest part was recording it first. We actually, so what I did was I took the MP3 of the song, brought it into Pro Tools, and then I had my friend Glenn Radley, who's a drummer, come down and use the song as a guide. So he had it in his headphones and he was playing the drums to it. So he used that and played along to the song and then I had harvested my drum track. And on top of that, I built the rest of the song. And so I spent two or three days in the studio in my underwear sweating head to toe <laughs> by myself running back and forth from the control room grand piano and learning like 10 seconds of the song at a time and then going back and then recording and then running back and doing the next 10 seconds and then i did the bass and then i did the guitar and then uh and then we actually hired a local speaker of klingon to come into the studio and guide the singer i hired who's a musical theater legend guy ian cameron sounds just like phantom of the opera <clears throat> sounds amazing uh to actually give it the delivery it required for it to even be like a worthwhile idea it needed to be sung really well uh or it would just be a funny idea in my head and so this guy's an incredible <laughs> singer and we had the and i found the lyrics translated online on reddit and uh this this uh lady came down and helped us guided us through all the pronunciations and man does it sound good so <laughs> <laughs> dude <laughs> we got uh, carrie latimer from nathan who yes theremin juno award-winning theremin player she does the main like do 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 <laughs> on theremin so it's super star trekky it's perfect it's great it, it. <laughs> it is literally <laughs> I guys, if i never make music again i'm fine that's what i need that's what i wanted to make and now I did. <laughs> yeah. so i'm happy <laughs> no when i heard about it because like i where i work is, is 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 it's in construction so i didn't think that those the construction world and and the star trek klingon world would somehow connect outside of me interjecting and making that happen <laughs> like i would have to be the one to no bridge kidding. the gap but one of them came to me and they were like have you heard about this guy he made the, yeah, and I was like, he's a very talented musician. Just know that. Okay. Like this is, there's like, cause they don't know you at work. Right. So I was like, I had, I was like, there's more to this guy than just this, but this is fucking awesome. You know, like, it's so funny because <laughs> like, it was great. CNN called me, Australia called me. Right. It was awesome. I was getting calls from big words that you say in movies. And so we did. Uh, That's going in our film, by the way. There's going to be yeah. a scene where Australia Australia's calls you. Calling. Yes, Australia's yeah, calling I, you. I did. I did. I took a screenshot of my phone because it said like the, the plus, and it said Australia. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. But anyway, uh, we did. Uh, we performed a section of it live on one of their talk shows uh, from my living room, and uh, I realized afterwards when we watched it, they we were victims of like like nerd making fun of yes making fun of <laughs> and i i can't believe i didn't put that together that people would think i'm a nerd for doing this of course they think i'm a nerd for doing this i'm such a dummy but like like hang on how was the trekkie reception like did did trekkies contact you and be like, like this is gonna be the trekkie wedding song i'm just gonna say that right now oh this good lord yeah oh, for every trekkie oh, yeah. wedding 
I get a uh, I get like a comment on the video like daily that from a big Trek fan that that validates my day. Because <laughs> sure. yeah. like who fucking cares what the rest of the world thinks? There's like Trekkies are the ones that you would have to have the impress. have the love yeah. impress. Like who cares? Well, about I've I have been saying since the beginning since I started making for me like Queen and Star Trek are two beacons of peace and love and kindness and understanding and equality, and to put them together made sense to me. Like as far as where entertainment was in the world at that time, it's about as inclusive as you can get, and to put the two of them together feels good and nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, well, um, gentlemen. Thank you so much for your time. Rusty, thank you for your education. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your humor. Um, it was a blast. Thank you for your personal stories to everybody. Martin, Sean, um, I feel like I've gotten to know even I've known Martin for over 10 years. I got to know him a little bit better today. So that's what I was hoping would be kind of like a, a subplot to this was four bros getting to know each other a little closer. Um, Sean, where can people find your podcast, buddy? Uh, Sean McGinnity.ca is the, is the website, or you can look up Sean Geek Podcast on every freaking player you can look it up in iTunes, Spotify, you know, all those things. Uh, all social media is at Sean Geek Podcast, so find me on Twitter. I'm very prevalent there, and that's where I'm going to be sharing Rusty's song. Um, yeah, that's that's me. You it's a podcast about geek dads talking geek culture. <laughs> it's, love it. it's a it's a really great podcast i loved being on it i love the fact that sean loves being on this one this is this is a lovely little side pocket of of podcaster of uh, podcaster friendship but we're all on podient now uh which police radio sean geek podcast beaver does movies and my and and the real debaters have all moved to podient and sean was a big helping hand as well as uh sam from which police and beaver we have a little messenger podient chat group going on right now which is great so shout out to podient as well for making our transition so easy and being on your network that's that's thanks, super mark yes thanks, mark. <laughs> thanks thanks to the ceo who sent a message to to sean saying hey thanks for joining up would you like to talk like i don't think if you're out there and you want to start a <laughs> podcast i don't think you'll find another i don't know, I don't know uh, why it's that yeah it's the weird it's the coolest thing it's a personal touch say no <laughs> no, <laughs> no they facetime no, thanks i'm fucking um, still waiting for mine <laughs> That was the weirdest day ever. <laughs> there was two things that happened that day. I, I'm going to share the other story on Monday, or I'm recording on Monday with the other story. We're, we're having that person on our show on Monday, which will be a surprise. <laughs> that's Whoa. sweet. It's, it's a big name. I don't know. It's a big name to me. Yeah. No, that's, I, you, you were telling me about that. happened in the that. same day. I, uh. I will look forward to that one, sir. Um, Martin, you're going to give me your comedy dates that are coming up. We're going to throw them in the episode so people can see them there. So we'll advertise for you through that. Uh, anybody who's a first-time listener to the show, if you've uh, if you've gotten this far, we thank you so much. Uh, we love doing this. We have a lot of fun doing it. If you want to follow us, it's therealdebaters.ca. That's where you can follow the show. You can see cast bios. You can see all the information on Rusty once the episode is up there. You'll have, we'll have a video link to uh, the Klingon Bohemian Rhapsody page as well, because that needs to be shared sh shared far and wide. I think that could probably fix the world right now, in my opinion. Um, it's not mm -hmm. a stretch. Me so, <laughs> so yeah, all things Real Debaters. Uh, our merch station's there, too. Skateboard Machine is still on. So if you want a skateboard deck, cell phone case, tote bag, whatchamacallit, what's-a-who's-it, whatever doodad you can think of, we have it there. Just click on the merch tab. 
Um, and if you want to send a show, an email. It's therealdebaters at gmail.com. We take uh, requests. We'll give you shout-outs on the show. All that good, fun stuff. We like making this a community effort. I got nothing else in Winnipeg. It's been Michael Petro. And who else? Sean, are you there? I am still here. Sean Geek. <laughs> Martin? Martin from Vancouver. And our special guest, Rusty. From Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day, everybody. <laughs> Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> All right. Don't go anywhere yet, guys. Don't go anywhere yet. Totally, totally, totally.